0: Where do you like to listen to live classical music? Do you have a favourite place for listening to jazz? A Ukrainian-born Australian conductor and his singer-wife are changing all of that with Music at Yours. It was one of the good news stories from COVID in Sydney, a kind of reintroduction of salon music where only a, a limited number of people could gather. And now it's spreading and there are concerts in breweries and all sorts of places, including, and perhaps specifically since the acoustics are so good, in synagogues. Rita Ehrlich went to a concert in the Big Melbourne Synagogue on Turak Road recently and spoke with Vladimir Fanschel the day afterwards. I'm here talking with Vladimir Fanschel. There are many stories about COVID. Most of them are bad. But there are some lovely stories, and Vladimir and his wife Eleanor are two of them. When COVID hit, Eleanor was in Sydney singing Mozart, and then she and Vladimir couldn't go anywhere. What do musicians do when they can't perform? Well, these two created spaces. They started Live at Yours which was a way of introducing music to very small groups of people in Sydney. That has actually grown, as we can meet more live at yours. Yours has become bigger and more special places. The other week, I was at an extraordinary concert given by Simon Tedeschi, who was playing Gershwin, and Gershwin influences such as Debussy and Chopin, and he was playing in the Melbourne Hebrew Congregation Synagogue on Turak Road. It's a huge, huge building. There are about a thousand people there and the acoustic in synagogues is extraordinary. What happens when you move out of conventional concert halls? I think is pretty special. it changes the dynamic of the music. Vladimir. what have you found what yeah, how How has it grown like well, it
1: yours? Thank you for having me it's been quite an adventure because we were living in Vienna, and my wife was singing as you said, with orchestras and in opera, and i'm a conductor, so I was conducting, and here we were in Sydney in lockdown in the first lockdown and it happened very quickly that we went to lockdown and we thought what do we do well we started rehearsing together playing together eleanor found some music in her parents garage that she's wanted to play for years and we just bashed through lots of music we played through greek the first thing was greek song cycle opus 48 and we loved it and we said oh people should play this and then we called our friend elena cuts in and she wrote a piece for us called wandering hearts and it was about being in lockdown oh lovely and then we played some Rachmaninoff and basically came up with a program then we saw all our colleagues going online and performing in pajamas and we thought you can't make music you can't make food and you can't make babies online just doesn't work so we thought let's just wait for restrictions to ease and let's just do some house concerts just for ourselves so the first house concert we did in our own home we had 20 people And then we did another one that week. And then within the space of about seven months, we had done more than 50 because it was just in such high demand. People missed live music, but also people missed being together. I think we share this, the love of music and food and people. It's celebrating the human condition. I, I think it's, we it's transient. Trans- it's, a, it's about sharing. Exactly. And we're such transient beings. We live with our senses. And we've become so desensitized with social media and the internet with all these platforms. They're the most antisocial things I can think of, actually. Because the best things are experienced a small company live. So by doing all these concerts, suddenly we started getting requests from our colleagues, from really esteemed, fantastic colleagues. Oh, can I do a Live at Yours, a house salon concert? And I said, okay. So I started producing. It was in one home in particular in Watson's Bay in Sydney. She said, oh, can we do a series of these? So Elena katz had an evening, Umberto Clerici, the cellist, had an evening. Then I started expanding, and places were opening up. So we started doing art galleries, coffee roasteries, whiskey distilleries, all unusual venues. I didn't want to go to the concert hall because I wanted to keep the salon feel. And even in the Turek Synagogue, although we had a 1,000 people, my goal is always to keep that intimate salon feel so people feel like they really get to know the artist. They hear the voice of the artist not only on their instrument but also chatting with the audience. There was a...
0: There was a particular informality about that. There was a lot of what's called audience engagement. Yeah. And it it meant that the tone was different from the concert hall too. Absolutely. It, because in, in concert halls what tends to happen people talk too much. I always hear audience members later saying, I wanted to get on with the music. But this was about more than music. This was about people sharing, people talking music, people enjoying being together.
1: When I I normally host, and in this instance, Simon Tedeschi is a fantastic speaker himself, so he wanted to host most of it and tell the story. But when I host, my idea is, not to give people Wikipedia facts, but my first goal is to connect with the audience, connect with the incredible space we're in, because I think taking music out of the concert hall and into unusual spaces, especially gorgeous architectural Mm. spaces, is something spectacular. It's bringing beauty into beauty. It adds such an extra element of depth because you don't even need the music when you're in such a venue with all of our lighting. You just look up at the stained glass windows in Turek synagogue and you you can just let your imagination take over, but when you add to that incredible artists, you have a really full sensory experience, Mm -hmm. which is what I get so passionate about sharing with people and in the hosting and in the talking, it's most important that we connect with the audience Mm -hmm connect them with the music, with the artist, and with being present. It's all about how much you can experience in the present Mm. rather than thinking in 1824 Beethoven did this. And No, no one cares. People can Wikipedia all that stuff. What we need is the feeling we get from playing it or the intention.
0: It also occurs to me that when you're playing in places like distilleries and... Libraries or whatever, you're enabling people who might think, I don't know about a concert hall, I don't know if I like music that much, to discover. They do like music. They, uh, they love music. Absolutely.
1: I don't know anyone who doesn't love music. It's like finding someone who doesn't like wine or food. They just haven't yeah. found the right food or wine. <laughs> but, but I the, mean, that's it true. just doesn't happen. Yeah. So if you, what I found is that the key is not even the venue, is finding good artists. And I was going to
0: ask you about that. Who are some of the artists?
1: All the finest in Australia. Constantine Chamray concert pianist Andrew Havron, Last concert, Steph Farron's on viola and Natsuko Yoshimoto, this fabulous violinist. We, Alexander Gavriluk, is coming in November. The idea is our next concert in Sydney is with James Morrison. It's vital, it's absolutely vital to present, especially to first time audiences, the very best. And that's something we don't do well in Australia. We tend to, and the big companies, I don't like to. Point fingers at anyone. However, there tends to be this idea that if we're going to a regional town, or if it's children, we can give our second-rate performers. But as you know, no, 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 no that's you need exactly the, best. the opposite. When you go regional, when we took Konstantin Shamray to give a regional recital, he was playing Prokofiev's Eighth Sonata, and we invited the local public high school, Blaney High, kids who'd never been to a classical concert to listen. And personally, I was a tiny bit worried. Because Prokofiev is a difficult war sonata full of struggle, pain, depression. These kids were in tears Mm. because what they heard was a master and an artist communicating directly with them. And music is beyond borders. Like food, you know, it just goes to your heart if it's good. (laughs) The music, it bypasses the brain if it's good. If there's a great great communicator, they take you. They take yeah. you, they take your arm and they take you on a journey and whether you like it or not, they arrest time and for the time you're with them, the the second hand doesn't exist. The minute hand doesn't exist. You're in Dali time. It melts. That's it ridiculous. melts away and you're in a vacuum where time and place escape and that's why people fall in love with music and have a lifelong that's love affair right. with it like they do with food, like they do with art because... It takes us out of the mundane and it reflects our soul it reflects our blueprint you know the other day when I I, after I conducted Beethoven 9 it was my first time actually in Turkey doing it I I thought that if aliens came to earth or if ever I had an experience with some outer forces and I had to explain humanity I'd play them Beethoven 9 I'd try to read them Sheila the words of Goethe you know Beethoven wrote in the letter, because he was so inspired by Goethe's second act of Faust, he said, but you shall have freedom and beauty if you fight for it every day. Interesting. And these things must be fought for. And that's why I love doing these concerts. And I love engaging with audiences. I love people to experience collectively. This is something that cannot work online. However great technology or virtual reality becomes, we are physical beings that have needs. We need to eat, we need to listen, we need to see, and I just believe the more beauty we have in our lives, the better humans we can become. When are the next concerts and where? So we have... In Sydney, we have James Morrison in September. In Melbourne, again, at Turak Synagogue, where I'm building a whole series, we've got a Klezmer concert, so there'll be a lot of tears and a lot of joy, which is what Klezmer is all yep. about. It's the gypsy jazz of the Jews. Very similar, actually, to gypsy music, except it's gypsy music with a Jewish accent on it, so That's it's right. much more minor. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Different different tones. Then we have in November Alexander Gavriluk, one of the great concert Mm. pianists internationally, playing a a serious program called Gates of Kiev. So he's playing Musseriski's Pictures at an Exhibition, Chopin Etudes, some Brahms. However, it's perfect for the first-time listener because he's on such a mind-bogglingly exceptional level Mm. that... Where is that? Also at the Turek Synagogue. Oh, wow. So there's a whole series building at okay. the Tarak Synagogue, and I'm also looking for other heritage-listed buildings where I think there'd be a fabulous acoustic. For me, it's really important at this point to find buildings that are not only beautiful but that have an incredible acoustic. Uh, some, some point to them. Yeah.
0: Um, we'll talk about them. There are a couple of city buildings I know in Melbourne. That oh, wonderful, are like
1: that. wonderful.
0: But now what's next for you? When do you go back to conducting?
1: So I'm conducting all the time. So I'm conducting Opera Australia this month for the finals of the Australian singing competition. I am conducting next month. I'm conducting in October in Poland and in Turkey again. I'm opening their season. And then by end of December, we're moving back to Vienna because the work is there for us. Mm. Uh, so for what my happens wife to Live at Yours? It keeps going. So we've got a whole season planned for 2024 and we're starting 2025 as well got a director i've got a wonderful host andrew bukenya who gave a small performance at the tedeschi concert and the idea is we keep going because it's so successful and people love it people love connecting people love connecting on a very human level and you know the informality is part of the joy Mm. that people realize these artists that just like us they have all the same problems as us but suddenly they can play a Brahms sonata or a Chopin Etude, and it's
0: heavenly. And there are no more
1: problems. Or your problems become G- beautiful. Yeah, that's, that's what right. I think music that's does really right. well. You have blackness inside, you're suffering, you've lost a loved one, and you look, you stand in front of, as I did, Malevich's Black Square, and suddenly that painting, it's as if it absorbs your blackness because... Yeah. It can beautify your suffering <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a very right, strange or,
0: way Or, it, or it, it turns it into something else Yes And I think on some of Shostakovich's music Which t- which is absolutely about pain and suffering you
1: No, know, we all suffer All humans suffer We. It's just a part of life And I, I very much disagree with the whole positivity mu- movement Because it ignores our s- nostalgic, sad, suffering side mm. Which is part of life i mean everyone loses everyone has pain loss misfortune it just happens to every that's single right. human there's no one who's exempt from it there's no one who's exempt from death however if we can learn to deal with it in a way that's so profound and beautiful as in music or art uh then we in in some way we control it exactly exactly we we sort of channel our that's suffering into something much better than ourselves.
0: <laughs> That's, and, and there, I think, Vladimir, we have to leave it.
1: Thank, Thank you. you so much. Thank you so much.
0: Reid Roelick there. We're speaking with conductor Vladimir Farnschild.